Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Uh, well, last week we kicked off a new series uh, called The Helper. Um, and we're going to be spending these four weeks together looking at and studying about uh, the Holy Spirit. And we called it the Helper, not because I decided that's what we're going to call it, but because Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Helper. So uh, it's a pretty good reason to reference it that way. And we kind of tracked through a little bit of Jesus' conversation with his disciples at the moment we would call the Last Supper. There were he is there on the, on the night in which he was betrayed, um, and the day before his uh, crucifixion, and he's there teaching his disciples. And we get a lot of that dialogue in John 14, 15, 16, and part of 17. And there's a lot that he is teaching and imparting. That's where he washes the disciples' feet. That's where the, he breaks bread with them. And, and, and what we have as the, Lord, as the Lord's Supper is communion. We see modeled in that moment, but all throughout there, he is teaching them about the Holy Spirit. And it's in that space that he says, you know what, I'm about to go away, which is not something they were excited to hear about. Um, He said, but it's good. It's good if I go away, because if I go away, then the Father's going to send the helper, and the Holy Spirit is going to be an upgrade for your life. You having access to the Holy Spirit is going to be a major, major increase uh, for your life and be able to do that. So do I need to turn something off? All right. Well, we're talking about power, and it's already got the, the hum going. I'm just, so um, uh, anyways, but it is vital, and we're going to look at It's just my magnetic personality, isn't it? Um, well, we're just going to power through. So uh, the way this is going to, uh, uh, the way this is going to go today, apparently. Um, but anyways, God's given us his Holy Spirit um, to, to be our helper and is vital, 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 vital to our life in Christ. I'm going to spend a little bit of the time here at the beginning to just set the frame for how important the Holy Spirit is in our today life, your life, because it is absolutely important. And, you know, when something awesome is happening, um, you know, and you got something planned, like maybe a good trip coming up or something, you know, you can have the, the, the time on Priceline shopping your hotel and picking the name, naming your own price and doing all that fun stuff. And you can get on Expedia and book your tickets and get all of that stuff, get the car rental stuff done. And all that's done. And then all that's left is waiting for the trip to come. That's the worst part. It's the worst part, man. As soon as my, we get a trip booked, man, I'm just ready to go. Like, let's go tomorrow. Let's go. And then the worst thing is when you've got little kids and somehow they figure out you're going somewhere fun. And man, I'm telling you, you don't tell little kids what's happening because they will bug you every day. And so, I mean, they will bother you and bother you. And so 
because the waiting is such a challenge. Man, when you got something you know you're called to do, you know you're something you're supposed to do, to put it into low gear, to put it into park, and to wait is a challenge. But there are certain things that are absolutely vital to wait on. If you're going to get the right results, you're going to have you're going to have to wait. And there are certain things we just don't like waiting on. I don't I don't like waiting on the oven to preheat. Why do we have to preheat the the oven? And so it works fine with a frozen pizza. You know, you can grab the frozen pizza out, chunk it on the cookie sheet, throw it, turn the oven on simultaneously, and that works okay. But if you're actually baking something serious, you have to preheat the oven. You can't just mix the batter, do the stuff, turn the oven on simultaneously and throw the stuff in there and think it's going to be okay. It is not. Trust me. It is not going to work. There's a necessary waiting period. You need it to hit its appropriate temperature, and then you slide that in there, and then it does what it is supposed to do. You've got to have this necessary waiting period for the, all the right elements to be there. When Jesus was about to ascend into heaven and leave all of the earthly ministry in the hands of his disciples, he said, which, which is a big deal, salvation has come to the earth. Salvation is there. It's done. It's completed. Jesus said, it is finished. It is there. And then he was about to hand the baton off to his disciples, but he tells them that there's something vital that you need to wait on. Let's look at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, we catch and here, the Jesus we see in Luke chapter 24 is resurrected Jesus. This is Jesus who's gone to the cross, who's been in the tomb, who's come out of the tomb. He is alive in flesh and bone again, talking to his disciples. And, and so as he is helping them, it says, and then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. So here are these people that have their minds opened so that they could understand the scriptures. This is Jesus has opened their minds. They're able to understand, see the connection, see, see the Jesus type and shadow in and, and Deuteronomy and Psalms and, and all of these different things. They could see how all of these different places, the prophetic stuff of Isaiah was actually about Jesus. They understand it. They didn't have to go off to Bible school. They got the matrix version of Bible school. Where they just, I know Kung Fu. I mean, I know theology. I mean, it's, they just, boom, Jesus opened their minds. And so, and they understood it. I have been studying and, and looking at this for years. I would love to get the download. These guys had the download. And he says, and then in verse 49, says, I'm going to, to send you, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Which in that, all that John 14, 15, 16 dialogue was the, the promise is the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna send you what the Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. They had the understanding, they had the download, they had these different things. They've been sitting there and they're talking to resurrected Jesus. They're talking to him. They know he is alive. They know it, they've experienced it. But they need to wait for the Holy Spirit. I think if these guys needed to wait for the Holy Spirit, I think you and I, we need the Holy Spirit. 
if they couldn't move forward without the Holy Spirit, I think you and I need the Holy Spirit. Let's go on and let's look at Acts chapter 1. Again, this is resurrected Jesus. This is right before he ascends, okay? And they watch him go up into the heavens and and disappear. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, and I love this detail because it reminds us that they're not seeing some ghostly image. It's not, you know, force Jedi Jesus, you know, you know, and he's showed up there like Yoda and Obi-Wan and, and sitting there and they're having these conversations with kind of ghostly looking resurrected Jesus. No, he's having a snack. He is eating and he is ta- talking to them between chews. He is letting them know he is, while he was eating with them, he is physically resurrected. It says, um, now I lost my place. Oh, there he is. And then he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse eight, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, They've spent time with resurrected Jesus. They've seen him over a period of time. They've had meals with resurrected Jesus. They have understand who he is based on the scriptures. They now have their assignment to be witnesses, but wait for the Holy Spirit. These are the guys who spent years with Jesus. They saw with their own eyes the lepers cleansed, the, the dead raised. They saw the miracles we read about. They saw they were eyewitnesses. They they saw the withered hand grow out. They saw these different things. They ate part of the bread of the feeding of the 4,000 and 5,000. They're there munching on that miracle bread. They're having some, some fish sandwiches that were miraculous, and they know. And they saw all of the leftovers being left. They have all of this. It's not just stories that they've bought into. They've lived it, and these guys, those guys, needed to wait for the Holy Spirit. If those guys needed to make sure that when they move forward and they begin to live out this new life in Christ, if they had to have the Holy Spirit, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to. We cannot think we can begin to live this life in Christ without the Holy Spirit. And we see last week that we talked about There in Acts chapter 18, that Paul goes into Ephesians to begin to proclaim the gospel, and he finds people who are believers. And then he says, oh, wait a second. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They believed. And he wants to make sure they've received the Holy Spirit, because you are going to have to. All these guys in Acts chapter, they believed Jesus was resurrected. They believed he was Messiah. They believed all that, but they needed the Holy Spirit. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Do you have the power to actually live this out? And they said, we hadn't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then he prays over them and they receive the Holy Spirit just like it happens in, in, for them before. Happens in Acts chapter 18. They, get, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they begin to be able to be discipled and learn to live in the power of the resurrection. That's what we're called to do, to be able to live in the power of this. And if they so desperately, if 
Jesus put the whole thing into part and said, you're equipped, you're trained, you understand it, you've spent time with me, but don't move forward without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure we embrace the active work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because the Holy Spirit is the power to begin to live these things out. We can have head knowledge of maybe what we are supposed to do. I'm supposed to be more loving. What's the problem is, is there's the challenge of actually being more loving. That's the problem. Is these people push my buttons. Lord, I would be more loving if people were more lovable. Fix that. Make people more lovable. Most of them are dumb. And dumb's annoying. And so, uh, and so we find this challenge of being able to know what we should do and feeling like we just can't do it because the truth is in and of ourselves, we can't. We need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Yes, everything is there, but if the power's not connected, it doesn't work. Um, here in this building, we have 40,000 square feet of building. Um, my office, it just sits just on the other side of that wall. My desk just sits right up there. Um, the problem is, is that wall is six inches of solid concrete. And our router sits right back there. And all of our software is web-based. Word, my Excel, church management software, QuickBooks, all of it web-based. So handy, you can access it anywhere on all our computers. But guess what? That six inches of concrete makes me have horrible internet at my desk. It's terrible. Handy place right there in the glassed area. I can greet people. It's real handy to be there. Uh, but for internet, it's terrible. I'll be sitting there working along, and then all of a sudden, it just things just go away. And so, and it's got worse recently. And um, so, I did some research and found out that there are these cool little things that you can create this integrated network where it acts like it's all one big network. I'm sure there's a fancy word for it. Um, they got these little ubiquity hotspots. If you go uh, into any big, like, place, hotel, library, airport, um, there'll be all these little things attached to the ceiling, and, and you'll see them. And um, so we, I was like, hey, that's what I need. And I'm like, I got about, about like five of them so we can get good internet throughout this building. And I'm going to stick one under my desk. It's just going to be under there. And it's just like, man, like, if Wi-Fi hurts you, I'm going to get fried. And so, but I'm going to have good internet the whole time. And so, but it is just like, it just, it just is annoying. So I bought these things and I was looking at them and I was going to get them installed. I don't know anything about any of that stuff. So I was figuring that out um, and, and knew I needed one of these little things. Knew I needed a little cable to be able to plug it in and see the little spot that that's supposed to go. Um, but there's no place to like plug it into the wall. You know, it's got to create a signal. It's got to like do stuff. Um, you know, it's got to plug into the wall. And I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, man, I, I must have not. I bought like a five-pack of these. And so I was like, maybe I was supposed to buy like some power supplies too. So I'm doing some little research. And then I figure out, no, this is exactly right. The problem was is I needed one of these. And one of these is not just a little place to give you a lot of ports to plug it in. It's this thing that has P-O-E. I never heard of that. All you... Techie people are like, um, you're so ignorant, Pastor, but uh, welcome to my life. <laughs> I'm ignorant. 
And, uh, but it's PoE, it's power over ethernet. And so, well, the cool thing is, is this little thing is, is designed to go into, into a space that this other still isn't reaching and be able to present everything that this one's supposed to be able to present, to be an exact replica of our, uh, of our internet in a new space and be able to have access to everything that thing has access to, be able to do all of it and be able to have that. And I knew that little wire would provide that. But what I didn't know that that little wire should also provide with the right thing is also provide its power to do it. So there are so many times we we don't understand that the Holy Spirit is also our power source for life. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to function. Yes, we have everything we need for life and godliness, but it's by the power of this Holy Spirit. We need it. We can understand it. We can have the head knowledge of it. We can, we can read the Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit, we, just like we can read the newspaper. But we're not going to have revelation and understanding and be able to live it out without the help of the Holy Spirit. We're not. And so we need to embrace and look for and, and step into the fullness of the Holy Spirit because the power is where it's at, man. Um, right now, it is, I don't know how many degrees is, is, is in here, but the AC is on, okay? Um, our building is ill-equipped with AC. We're about to get a bunch of new AC put in here, praise God. Um, and so, but right now, we've just been working on what was there in the building, um, and it is temperamental, um, needs to be cared for properly. And last night, um, she would not turn on. It was just done. It was not, AC would not turn on. It was nice uh, 79 degrees in here, nice ERCOT approved. <laughs> Who wants to be in 78 or 79 degrees? Not inside. On the beach, yes. In, on my sofa, no. I want a 71. This is ridiculous. But it was, 70, it was 79 degrees and it was just going to get worse. Because apparently all you people are, collectively, y'all are just too hot. <laughs> because y'all get in here and the temperature goes up. And it goes up fast, and it's rising right now. If I, if I will hush, we'll get out of here before it gets uncomfortable. Um, but anyways, it was not working, so we got our best to rob AC. We used to push AC into the youth room. We were now we're robbing AC out of the youth room. I had fit 13 fans blowing all over the place and got this room down to 72 without body heat. And um, so, But praise God, the guy who understands our system was in town and showed up at 8 a.m. this morning. And got it working. So praise God, we're in AC. Everybody say, thank you, Johnny Johnson. Yes. And he walks up, throws open the panel. Nothing would turn on. He immediately looks, and it was this guy. We got a ginormous 60-ton AC system in the back that has the coolant, does its stuff, has the ductwork, wired to power. We paid the bill. We have all of that. It was not working. Everything was fully equipped. It was not working because of this little guy right here took out that main power connection. And as soon as this got fixed, we're back doing what it's supposed to do. Folks, you can have everything in right, but without the power, it's just not going to produce the results that it's supposed to produce. 
And if you've been trying to live this life in Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up how people all over the world who've tried to do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. Frustrated, irritated, and just like, somehow I I thought this life in Christ was supposed to bring me joy. Now all this being a Christian has added a bigger stress to me. It's just added a bigger stress. You know, before I'd sit there and I would get mad and I'd cuss the person in the parking lot, and I honestly felt a little better. I was like, man, and so now I sit there and I don't cuss them, but I want to. And I feel terrible that I wanted to. How is life all of a sudden more stressful? And that's because we're trying to live out some sort of Christian ideals in the power of our own flesh. And it doesn't work. It don't work. We need the Holy Spirit. This stuff, living out a God-sized life requires a God-sized power source. And it doesn't work, us trying to power it ourselves. It doesn't work. We need the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We have to. We have to. If those disciples put it in the park to wait for the work of the Holy Spirit, then we have to as well. We, let's see that even Jesus' life and ministry was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Even his conception, every bit of his physical life, the Holy Spirit was involved in. The Holy Spirit entered a womb that had no business having life in it and brought life. Had no business. Mary was a virgin. There was no business with life being in that womb. But the Holy Spirit got involved and there was life. Well, let's look here. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. From the very beginning, Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 13 says, When the devil had had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was there, and he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in his own strength, in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was Jesus, and he needed the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he talks about his assignment, what he's going to do. His earthly assignment was done through the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit for his earthly assignment, you need the Holy Spirit for your earthly assignment. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what the Holy Spirit was on just doing. And guess what? That's our same assignment. We're called, as the body of Christ, we're carrying out that original Jesus assignment. That assignment is on you. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do it, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to be able to function this way. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is a vital part of living the new life we have in Christ, trying to do this Outside of it, it's like trying to drive your gasoline-powered car without gas. Everything's there, but you don't have the source of power. It's not going to work. We have to embrace it. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him, him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not so that you can overflow with hope because you've just built yourself up on so much hope. 
You're just pumping yourself full of hope. You're just giving yourself all your good positive confessions and saying to yourself, you're awesome, you're good, you're amazing. And, and all of a sudden, just guess what? Just human optimism, the only place it shows up in any translation of the scripture, it says vain human optimism. The only real hope is hope in Christ. That's it. We can try to delude ourselves and get ourselves a little pumped up cheer message, but guess what? The real hope is only found in Christ and Christ alone. And if we're gonna overflow with hope, it isn't gonna be in our own strength. It's gonna be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? Some parts of life are hard. They're hard. They're hope suckers. They come in and they just gut you of hope. You go through a difficult loss. You go through a significant place of disappointment. You Sometimes just the struggle will suck hope out of you. And we sit there and we try to build ourselves up and encourage ourselves and do all that kind of stuff. And guess what? It lasts for just a little second, a little minute, and then we found ourselves back in the same place. And that's why we need to connect with the source of hope. It's Christ and Christ alone. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It's not our glory and goodness, it's his glory and goodness at work in us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. God's Holy Spirit is to be at work actively in our lives. There's a passage of scripture I want to go ahead and bring up. We'll hit it again at the end. But um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul is speaking to the Ephesian believers. And in there, he he gives them this piece of coaching, okay? Now, I don't want anybody um, who maybe is having this struggle right now in their life to have any kind of condemnation or any kind of thing. In fact, I think there's some hope that's going to come right here real quick. But here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul tells the Ephesian believers, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to excess, which leads to other brokenness, which leads to other pain. He says, but instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here he is, he's saying to, that there's, a, there's a, an, something you can access, something you can do, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit instead of getting drunk on wine, which leads to excess. Now, I realize most people, when they find themselves on the inebriated side of life, they've crossed over and into places where they don't need to drive and certainly don't need to be texting anyone. Um, they uh, have crossed over that space. Um, a lot of times, it's they've gone out to have a good time. They're celebrating, they're partying, whatever, um, and that there's that. But there's a lot of folks who find themselves on the drunk side of life, Um, not because they got a promotion and they're out with their friends, Um, not because of some other thing, but because of some place of pain, some place of being overwhelmed, some place of all these different things. I mean, you see the memes, you know, about the mom who just needs a glass of wine and, and, you know, and and get away from the kids for a minute. We We see it, we understand that there's stresses places of being overwhelmed, places of pain, places of all sorts of stuff. There's just this thing crying out that says, I need a break. 
I need to chill. I need to relax. I need to just not think about this for a minute. And there's something I can reach over here and I can grab and I can take a few extra ones of these. And all of a sudden, for a little bit, I feel okay. And this is what that's sitting there reaching into that space. This is don't sit there and get drunk. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a place where that place, yes, sometimes life is overwhelming. Yes, there's places of grief that are so much that you run to any kind of break you can possibly get. He says, but in those places where life is overwhelming, don't reach for something else. Reach for the Holy Spirit. I'm there in you. I'm a part of that. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Saying, I want to be an active part of this. Yes, life is difficult sometimes. Yes, life is challenging sometimes. Yes, it's, that, is, that is hard. But in those moments, be filled with the Spirit. Lean into what the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you the power to do it. The other just numbs you for a minute and it's still waiting on you with some new kind of brokenness. Some new something added to the pile, and the Holy Spirit actually begins to deal with it and change things. Now, whether it's drunkenness or drug abuse or, or being a workaholic, all any of the other holics can begin to come in there. It, don't do any of that stuff. Let the Holy Spirit come in and create some real healing and restoration in your life. And I want to tell you, if for some reason there's somebody in your life that's dealing with something like that, um, I want you to, to have the kind of compassion that I read into that scripture. I don't read Paul saying, quit being a drunk. You're making a fool of yourself. You're making us look bad as believers. You ought to be being full of the Holy Spirit. Quit being an idiot. It's not what he's saying at all. I believe he recognizes there's places being overwhelmed. Recognizes where things you will want to grab something. He says, grab the Holy Spirit. Grab the Holy Spirit. There's no condemnation for being overwhelmed. There's no condemnation. There is a new coaching of how to process it and how to handle it. And if there's somebody in your life who is dealing with that, please have that same compassion. You see it. You see the struggle. Intercede for them. Pray for them. I guarantee you the Holy Spirit wants to bring that same life. And they may be, if you're close to them, they may be creating that the problems that we talked about. You may be the recipient of that. You may be the one having to deal with that, that they find themselves drunk and you end up feeling like you clean up the mess. But I'm here to tell you, man, pray for them. Be, don't get all judgy on them. Begin to do it because God has a better path. Yes, things are overwhelming sometimes, but the answer is being filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you right now where you are, how you are. Please get that. He wants to empower you where you are, how you are. Because if for some reason in our minds we have to achieve some sort of righteous living to finally be able to be connected with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit, I guess I need to be a little more Jesus-like. No, the only way we're ever going to get Jesus-like is by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. And so he will empower us where we are, the way we are. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from, from us. God doesn't put it in all the pristine, perfect jars to say, oh, look how amazing it is. The, the jar is beautiful, so the contents must be great. No, it's that you see the power of the contents, and all of a sudden you're like, that, that, it can be in that kind of jar? Well, guess what? It could probably be in this jar too. 
And that's the whole point is, is he will do it, empower you. He, uh, Paul talked to the Ephesian believers. If, you can, if he can sit there and coach and say, guess what? Um, you who lend towards drunkenness, just be filled with the Spirit. If he can coach drunks to be full of the Holy Spirit, I think all of us can be full of the Holy Spirit. It didn't raise the bar, all of this. We've got to fix all this stuff in our lives. Just lean into him, and he will meet you where you are. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Made perfect in weakness. Not my power is made perfect in holiness. My power is made perfect in you studying the Bible. My power is made perfect in generosity. My power is made perfect in church attendance. It's not my power is made perfect in weakness. Here's the problem is, is we don't want to give him our weakness. We don't want to. Paul says, he goes on to say there, he says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. He said, not only will I let his power be worked there, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about his power being at work. I love seeing some of the stories that you folks are, are sharing online about what, where you used to be and where God has brought you to today. You're a completely different person, not based on you pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, but the power of God at work in your life. I love seeing that God's genuinely at work and changing lives. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing, helping us to know the Father. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. That's the power at work. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, he wants that's that same power at work in our lives. But for us to embrace this and step into this, we have to be ready and hungry to be full of the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the Spirit. We see that after they waited, they put it into park, there, see in Luke 24, Acts 1, see they put it in a park and then in Acts 2, verse 4, it says, and then all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here the Holy Spirit begins to work and to be is poured out. And yes, some interesting different kinds of things happened, but guess what? The Holy Spirit will do those things. He doesn't have to sit there and, and make you do something that is somebody would find uncomfortable. He'll begin to bring his life at work in you. And this isn't just a one-time thing. Here, let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 8. See, Peter was there. Peter was there in Acts chapter 2, okay? And then he continues to be a part of these other moments. It says, and then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, on to verse 31, it says, and after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, and spoke the word of God boldly. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were all filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. We see this repeatedly, that, that God wants us to be filled with him. So many times we can let other things begin to come in and fill us. We can begin to let anxiety fill us. We can begin to let our own, our own selfish desires begin to fill us, all sorts of things, and we just have to keep leaning into him and let him fill us with the Holy Spirit. Coming back to Ephesians chapter five, let's look back up to verse 17. It says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He wants us to understand his will. He wants us to understand, not to be held out on that. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery or excess or brokenness. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. God understands what we're dealing with. He understands our struggles. He understands life can be overwhelming. And if we're to live a God-sized life, we're to have connected with a God-sized power, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit active in our life. Our bottom line is that the life in Christ can only be lived through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can try. You can try to do this without it, and you'll end up frustrated and, and upset, or you can invite the power of the Holy Spirit at work, and that is where things are changed forever. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.